I guess New Year bad things are happening because we have a list for you, and I'm sure that anyone who listens regularly will know what we're talking about. But, uh, Joe, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tom. It's, it's been a couple of weeks. Yes. Which uh, we'll explain. Well, we'll get to the reason why that yeah. there was a little bit of a gap in there. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> it was uh, not on purpose. <laughs> I'll give you that. No. If you hear from my voice, yes, we, we probably take a guess. We'll, uh, yeah. We'll tell that tale. Well, we did too. have the holidays right there, so that that kind of that kind of put a little mm-hmm. uh, snafu in everything. It did. And, <clears throat> but yeah. then there was another snafu. Oh yeah, it was a fucking snafu, all right. Um, I guess you could say this is a snafu as well. We'll get we'll hop right into it because we got a lot to talk we about. We sure do. And that would uh, be uh, one of my favorite. Just I I love what? this guy. He's athletic and handsome and funny and I'm being facetious and that is Patton Oswalt. That's your favorite narrator for your favorite oh, show. I just, yeah. That is the only problem I have with that show. The entire show, he's the only problem I have he with looks like a, that was uh, Goldberg. He looks like an old lesbian. Oh, God. That I fucking just, hair and I, droopy face. I can't... I cannot stand him. He's Everything like he's like one of those guys that's like so proud to be a nerd, but like you just want to punch yeah. him in the fucking face and shove him in a locker. It's funny they talked about how um that remember the <coughs> Covington kid, the who, the Covington kid, the kid that was uh smiling when that Indian was banging the drum in his face. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, whatever. There was a kid <laughs> that they said he had the most punchable face. I think that's Patton Oswalt. He has just a face that I want to, like, take a fucking brick to. I do feel bad that is, uh, because he had a wife who passed away. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, she, you know, she felt she had cancer and she died and he is just a a fucking dick. And the reason why we're bringing him up is because he took a picture with Dave Chappelle. Innocent picture. Posted on, I don't know, Instagram one of those things, and it just got destroyed online, talking about, like, how do you support him? He's uh, he's against trans people and all this shit. So then the fucker apologizes for it. <laughs> yeah. And I think he deleted the picture, and, just, and he took a picture of himself writing the apology. It's like, you're just so fucking stupid, dude. <laughs> it's just a fucking idiot. And this is what I love. This guy is apologizing for taking a photo with a a with person a, who's not of his race. With well, a friend. Isn't that like the? Isn't that for like a nerdy liberal white male? Isn't that like the uh, like the Graceland? Like you know this? That's the photo op that you're standing underneath. You know the uh, the Eiffel Tower or the Statue of Liberty. Isn't that like what you need in to like in your profile to be like, hey, listen, I'm 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 diverse. I get to I get to take a picture next to a, a, a black man. Like, isn't that what they you know that they all, all want? And then he he gets it because Dave Chappelle has, God forbid, he has his own thoughts and his own feelings on things, mm-hmm. and because the you know the the cancel culture mob doesn't like it they 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 sit there and they shun a black man it's just it, it's fucking absolutely hilarious that these guys have so, it's got to be uh, do you have anything to say about this and then I'm going to get on a little quick rant no i i think he's a douche all right what i was going to say is i i, I it's got to 
to be so exhausting being a liberal. It's like you, you must have cliff notes on your life. Like, okay, I can, I, I should take a picture with this person. But wait, it can't be in this category. And he, he, he likes this, so we can't, we can't talk about this. Or like, there's got to be so many fucking steps you have to take throughout the day instead of just being like, hey, you know what? This is my friend. We've known each other for 25 years. We grew up doing comedy, mm-hmm. stand up together. I'm gonna take a picture with my. Friend. Instead, you have to like being a liberal about. Is it gonna offend anyone? And the yeah. worst part is, a picture of Patton Oswalt, just alone, with him with no one there, just offends me. Why can't he be canceled on that? He just offends me for being alive. He offends me that he has to breathe fucking oxygen. He's such a fucking little dink. <laughs> that he is. Oh, I, I hate him. I hate him. Yeah, that's <sighs> that's the worst part, is that like you, you, you took a picture with a friend, and then pretty much apologized for it. I'm trying to look for his quote. Um, I, I don't want to look on his Instagram. Um, he just pretty much says we 100% disagree about tra- transgender rights. Um, I don't remember Dave. Chappelle. Did you watch the Dave Chappelle special where that this caused the controversy? I did not watch it yet. Um, one of my coworkers told me about it, and he's like, "They blew this completely." Like- they they did. They did. I watched it. Number one, it was fucking funny, and number two, it was fucking true. Everything he said was 100% true. And, it was uh, 100% true, and he, like, supported this person. And this, and <coughs> didn't this, like, the cancel culture come after this transgender person, and she ended up committing suicide? And she killed herself, like, not too long after that. Whether that yeah, had anything to do with it, I don't know, but it, and then the timing like, was bad. I, I heard he, like, um, is paying for this kid, like, because I guess she had a child. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's paying for, like, everything for yeah, this let me kid. Yeah, let me tell you something, man. I, I respect Dave Chappelle. And I, I, I don't, you know, he, he, you know, you could call him a racist and stuff like that. He pretty much attacks everybody. Um, but I, I respect his opinion on the fact that he's not going with the grain. He's going against it. He's not one of these fucking celebrities that watches what he has to say and doesn't, like, kiss ass. Like, he's saying, hey, this is, uh, this is my views. You like him or you don't. Like this is this is this is me. And um, like I, I watched a special maybe two months ago, so what he said exactly is faded from memory. But I would recommend watching it just because it was funny in the first place, and two, just to kind of see what the hoopla is all about. Uh, excuse me. Um, but uh, he uh, yeah, he, he just he got just just ambushed online and this cancel culture bullshit. I love the fact that like a year ago, like all the fucking millennials love Dave Chappelle, but the second he has a different opinion from their own, that's it. Goodbye. Like, we don't like you anymore. And, and anyone who associates with you, we don't like them either. So that's what this Patton Oswalt's coming about. Instead of sticking by his friend Yeah. And maybe he kind of is again I can't find his quote and I really don't want to just have dead air looking for it. I probably should have prepared. Um, but this guy is like, he'd rather pander to the liberal media instead of saying, listen, it's a fucking picture. I took a picture with some guy who I've known for 30 years who I haven't seen in a long time. And he's my friend. We, we, you know, like you said, we did comedy together. Like we kind of went through the trenches together and we both kind of made it. 
Instead, well, he's like, he I, no, we, we don't agree, and even though we don't agree, it's okay. It's just like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck the worst up. Part is, what do you fucking care? When it care? comes to comedy, comedy doesn't, should not have any influence on anything. Because it's not... It, most comedians don't really preach and believe this stuff. They do it for laughs. They make it for humor. It's not to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. What's funny is funny. It, it shouldn't have a... It, Comedy has no funny, and comedy have no skin color, no race, no gender, no religion. It's just <coughs> funny. If you find it funny, you will enjoy these people. Right, and that, that's what I, I just don't get. And you're 100 percent right because when Chappelle was uh, doing his show, and he had that that blind guy that was, you know, he thought he was white, but he was really black, and he hated, you know, black people. Everyone laughed at that. Everyone thought it was fucking hilarious. Or when he was essentially making fun of Rick James mm-hmm. for being this stereotypical, like, pimp-type guy from, you know, the way that he personified himself. There was no problem with that. Because why? It was funny, and it was the, you know, it was the, I'm Rick James, bitch, and I'm the, you know, it's the funny thing to do. But as soon as it, it you know, it offends them, uh, well, you know, or it offends someone else, and they see it's their friend that's offended, they go, oh, we got we to stick with our friend here. Okay. And we, everyone's got to be offended now. Okay, so I that's found... I found the Instagram. Oh, I can't stand it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. <coughs> Excuse me. I found the Instagram. It's fucking long. If you could see. And there's a picture of that fat bastard just kind of writing away. I really can't see. Your, your screen is extremely, uh, it almost looks like it's got a, like a haze to it. Oh, that's because like I have a screen got, protector uh, on. I'm sorry. I mean, it's like you're not missing much. It's like a fat little toad at a desk. Um, but the fact that he told someone to take a picture of him writing is just so egotistical. You can't see it. You can, if you look up Patton Oswalt on Instagram, you can just see it for yourself. Um, I could read this off. It is kind of long, and we got a, we have a lot to get to. Um, I'll try and just kind of go through some uh, so just a quick summary. Patton, this is, a, and I quote: "I saw a friend I hadn't seen in a long time, Mr. Year's Eve. We'd known each other since we were teens. He's a fellow comedian, the funniest I've ever met. I wanted to post a pic and an IG story about it, so I did. The friend is Dave Chappelle. Thirty-four years we've been friends." He's refocused and refined ideas a lot of us took as settled about race and history and life on planet Earth and spun them around with a phrase or a punchline. We've done bad and good gigs, open mics and TV tapings, but we also 100% disagree about transgender rights and representation. I support trans people's rights, anyone's rights, to live safely in the world as they as their fullest selves. For all the things he's helped me evolve on, I've always disagreed with where he stands now on transgender issues. But I also don't believe a seeker like him is done evolving, learning... You know, someone that long, see the struggles and changes, as a, it's impossible to cut them off. You fuck. Impossible not to be hopeful and hope and open and cheer them on. Also, I've been carrying a lot of guilt about friends I've cut off who had views which, with which I couldn't agree or change in ways I couldn't live with. Sometimes I wonder, did I and others cutting them off make them, and make them dig their heels in deeper, fuel their ignorance with a nitro boost of resentment and spite? I'm an LGBTQ ally. I'm a loyal friend. Bullshit. There's friction in those traits that I need to reconcile myself and not let cause feels of betrayal on anyone else. And I'm sorry, truly sorry, that I didn't consider that this hurt, didn't consider the hurt this would cause, or the depth of that hurt. I've been messaging a lot on IG today, and the back and forth has really helped guide me in the writing of this. I naively deleted a lot of posts in the comment thread. Critical ones from LGBTQ writers and shitposts by turf anti-trans orcs 
looking for clicks and giggles. <coughs> I wanted a nice common thread about the pick with my friend. Ugh, so easy to think someone else needs growth and miss the need in yourself. Gonna keep trying. End quote. He's a fucking liar. He's not a loyal friend because he just said in here he cut people off for differing, opu- differing opinions of his. He's full no, of he's shit. Not, oh, he, just, I can't he, stand he, he, he contradicts it, himself in his own is, post. This is what it is. It comes down to, really what it comes down to is he's not, he's not upset if, if liberals don't like him. He's worried that he's not going to make his next paycheck. Yeah, that too. Because if he gets, because think about it. Am I going to go see this jerk off? I would never see if if I was getting a fucking Hummer from the hottest chick in the world <coughs> while watching him do stand up, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go because yeah. I hate him that much. Right. All right. Let's, uh... It's all that's going to see him are his liberal fucking friends. And he's afraid that he ain't going to be able to, if he offends them, that he's not going to make money. Because again, he's a fucking hypocrite. Because at the end of the day, these liberals, all it is is about the top, bottom line. They say these cool things so that people go see their movies or go hear them in concert or do this, that, and the other thing so that they can make money. Because you know what? They're so socialist and they, they, you know, everyone should have an equal share. Yet this fucking fat jerk off is eating fucking Twinkies in his fucking million dollar mansion because he's a fat prick cocksucker. I, I, oh, I just fucking hate him. All right, well, let's move on. And he's because, such a fucking hypocrite. Yeah, we, we know. He is a dick. Let's move on because uh, that, reading that quote took a lot out of me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I might have a fucking stroke right now. All right, so let's move on. Um, <clears throat> so. For those of you who are living under a rock, um, the last couple of weeks have been pretty pretty crazy with COVID. The Omicron, uh, the Omicron variant, has taken a hold of uh, the Northeast, New York, especially where we are from, and uh, a lot of people are getting sick, uh, including some celebrities. <laughs> celebrities yeah, it, who, I uh, love it. I, I... Yeah, celebrities who went and got the vaccine and the booster. Well, it's not that. You know what? This is my thing. And I know people may, may hear this and, and not agree with me because I am very outspoken <laughs> against it. But I have no problem if people get the vaccine. It's a personal thing. What I don't like is when they're forced. Mm-hmm. Personal choice to go, go get it. I have no problem with that. But when you have people like the two people we're going to talk about, mainly one of them, mainly one of them, uh, it's, I can't pronounce her name. Joe, you want to take a stab at it? Um, I had the, the, her name up. It's, uh, I don't know what it is. It's Rick Ocasek's ex-wife, his second of third yeah, of Paul, three wives. Paula, she's got some. Oh, Paula like, Poroskova. She was married to Rick yes, Ocasek her? from 1989. Oh, he, it was his last wife. My apologies. Yes. Yeah. But her and Whoopi Goldberg, <coughs> that fucking, it, oh God, I can't stand her either. But they, they sit there and they, they you know, they're pro-vaccine and everyone should get it and this, that, and the other. And AOC, you know, everyone needs to get this. Everyone needs to get this uh, this vaccine. And then these people get the get it. And again, my thing is, if you want to get it, I have no problem with it. Just don't force other people. But these, these people, these three, are like, everyone needs to get it. There's no choice in this. You have to get it. If you don't get it, you're anti-American, you're a piece of shit, da, 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 yada, 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 yada. And that's what I don't like. 
So it's I, I find it fucking hilarious that these people uh, get it, especially. And I know we didn't have her on the list, and I just thought about her when we were talking about it. But with AOC, the biggest fucking hypocrite lawmaker from fucking New York, who's got all these big fucking socialist ideas, and everyone needs to get it. Yet she fucking hightails it down to Florida on her uh, vacation to the free state of Florida, where you don't have to wear a mask, you don't need the vaccine passport, you don't need any of this fucking nonsense. While while us poor bastards here in New York have to live under her thumb. And she goes down to Florida and then ends up getting it. I I fucking laughed my balls off. I fucking, I, I, I probably chuckled for 10 minutes, no no lie. And I legit laughed about it. I fucking laughed. That fucking horse-faced fucking, ugh, God, waste of skin. Wonderful. And Whoopi Goldberg, that's a big ton of waste of skin there. <laughs> and she caught it too, right? Yeah. I love it. I love it. But yeah, I, I'm a little fired up for this one. It, it, it just, I'm, I'm tired of this fucking hypocrisy. It's just fucking sickening. Yeah, I, I know. I know. But yeah, they were, they were all about getting the vaccine and everyone should get it, but then they end up getting it. But there is something that I'm, I'm sad about and I, I was very worried. Oh Yeah. I was very, very worried. It, 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 uh, it scared me. And what was that? You. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, if you couldn't tell from me coughing and sniffling and farting over here, uh, your boy Joe got the uh, the COVID virus. I believe I had the Omicron. Um. <coughs> so it, it's. Let me tell you something. It's um. It it sucks. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a fun couple of weeks. I'm still feeling it, and I'm technically not contagious anymore. Um, so basically, what happened? I was fine when we did the show. We did on the uh, just you know the Thursday before Christmas. You know, Christmas morning, we wake up, we open presents. <clears throat> that afternoon, Santa brought you something. Yeah, he, he sure fucking did. That afternoon, I started feeling like kind of like run down and really tired. And I told my wife, and she goes, "Do you want to stay home?" Now I knew between you and me, if I stayed home, because we were spending one at her aunt's house, I would have heard about it to next Christmas. So I said, "Nope, I'm going. I'm going. <coughs> I'm sure I'm fine. If I'm that sick, I'll come home." So I get there, and I you know I drink, and I'm feeling all right. And then as the night goes on, I'm feeling it, and I'm feeling really tired. And I remember her going, it's like 9.30 at night, and I'm like, I want to go, like, we got to go home. Like, I'm real. I, I can't do it anymore. I think we got home at 10 o'clock, and I just passed out. Next day, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. We go to my sister-in-law and brother-in-law's house, because we had to open presents with them. Did that. Monday, again, I'm feeling fine. But then my sister-in-law calls and says she's not feeling well. Next day, Tuesday, I have a sore throat. The wife has a sore throat. Sister-in-law calls. She tested positive for COVID. Next day, Wednesday, I am full-blown sick. Now, I'm working from home. And I'm like, I can't call out because... They have this stupid fucking rule. If you call out two, like, uh, after two, if you don't call out within two, if you call out within two hours of your shift, 
you don't get paid for the day. You have to call out before two hours to start, which is so fucking stupid, but whatever. So I'm like, I'm working from home. It ain't going to be a bad day. Well, it was a bad fucking day. <laughs> the other guy I work with, turned out he has COVID. So he he pretty much called out six, so it was all on me. Uh, then I had to drive to a little um, pharmacy in Slotesburg, New York, to get a home test because that was the only place that had them. And I had to get two. And I remember just feeling like death. I nodded off two times at the wheel. One time hitting a curb. <laughs> yep, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, got the test, came home. Me and wife both tested. Positive. Uh, so, needless to say, the next couple days uh, were pretty rough. We spent New Year's at home. Um, I... Went to bed at 11. My wife woke me up about five minutes before the ball dropped so we could watch the ball drop together. And then the second it turned one, we you know we said Happy New Year. I went right back to bed. Um, that weekend, I felt better in terms of like no more body aches, but then I started having trouble um, not breathing. Well, I guess it kind of is. Like I felt I couldn't take a, a deep breath. At all. Um, <clears throat> and I started coughing, which is usual with me in colds because I have a cough that lasts about three months after every time I get sick. Yes. I so that's kind of where I am. It's been like a, it's been like waves. Like I have two days where I'm feeling great and then all of a sudden I feel like shit again. Like today I felt like shit again after two days of feeling like of feeling great. Um I did have the vaccine. I think I mentioned it on here before. I did not get the booster. Now, for those of you saying, well, maybe you should have got the booster, my brother-in-law, who got the booster, he also got sick. Uh, my mother-in-law, who had the booster, she did not get sick. Um, and for those of you wondering about hashtag Joan, she made it out okay. She did not get sick at all. My wife and I uh, had masks around her. We, Anytime we, like... She touched something we touched. We sanitized our hands. We might have went overboard. We were very, very paranoid. And I'm not really going to apologize for that because I don't care if I'm sick. I don't want her getting sick. Yeah. At all. I, like, I don't care if it's just a simple cold. I don't want my kid getting sick. So we just kind of were very paranoid and very cautious around her. And we didn't, we didn't kiss her face and stuff like that. But we're doing okay. I'm still kind of suffering from... The aftermath of it, I feel very tired. I, I'm still coughing. Like I, I'm bringing up a lot of phlegm in my cough. My wife actually is very tired still. So it is, um, <clears throat> it is. I, I feel like I had the flu. Um, I mean, that's what I was going to ask because you, you are a. Uh, I'm trying to say this as delicately as a possible. You, you get sick a lot. You, you're not. I don't want to say you're not healthy, but you you seem to get the, uh, my immune, the sickies. Yeah, my immune system is shit, and I, that's I don't know why yeah. because I don't. With the exception of cigars, I don't really drink heavy. I don't smoke cigarettes. I, I don't really do anything that bad. Um, my immune system is just shit, and it always has been. And I, and the funny part is when I first started getting sick. I said to myself, well, this is, it's not unusual because I always get sick between the week of Christmas and New Year's every fucking year. The last couple of years I didn't because of COVID and I was inside, 
But I was like, I get sick every year. This this time of year, like it's nothing. Blah blah blah. Uh, but you know, of course, it turned out to be COVID. So, but um. Now uh, let's put it this way: mm-hmm. if you didn't take the test, would you have considered it just the flu? Because you you've experienced the flu um, every year regularly. It seems no, no. You always I, seem to get it. I never really get the flu. The only time I ever got the flu was actually maybe about a month before COVID hit. Um, and looking back, I wonder if I had COVID because I was really fucking sick. Um, no, I looked up the symptoms for this Omicron and I had every single one except for the loss of taste and smell. Thank God I didn't lose those two. I still could taste food. I could still smell food. I didn't have an appetite, but I could still taste and smell things. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But I had the headaches, I had the stuffy nose, I had the sore throat, I had the cough, I had the, the body aches, all across the board pretty much. I had all the symptoms. Um, but again, it if there wasn't such a thing as uh, as COVID, I, it, I would have just chalked up, oh, I had the flu. Like there was nothing really that different than when I had the flu a couple years ago. Okay. And like, let's put it this way, your shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you you used to smoke. You have cigars now. I mean, was it anything where you were like nervous? Um, the first night, yes, because I I started. Have you like, ever experienced it before? Yeah, and I'm like, like shortness of breath. then I I was laying in bed. I was watching. Um, I think I was watching Cobra Kai actually, which we'll get to in a little while. Um. <clears throat> And I remember thinking, like, I started getting nervous, and I remember thinking, all right, just chill. You could still breathe, you know, like, you can't take deep breaths, but you could do, like, like kind of, like, short, shallow breaths, like, you're okay. I'm like, just chill out. I took some NyQuil. I go, well, if I die, at least I'll die in my sleep, I'll never see you coming. <laughs> so, like, um, which is very morbid to say, but that's what I was thinking. Um, but, uh, yeah, that... Part I, I did get scared at that part. I didn't. I wasn't scared enough to tell my wife, call nine one one, let's go to the hospital, because I knew if I just kind of, I knew a lot of it was anxiety, like making it worse than it is because I'm getting so nervous about it. But once I started chilling out a little bit, I felt better. So that was the only time I was actually kind of nervous. But then the next day, like I kind of felt better. I still couldn't really breathe like I usually could, but. Um, I definitely was better than the night before. So, um, so yeah, if that answers your question. Now you got this home test. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have to register that? No. Well, no. It's weird. I had some connections, so I was able to grab two of them. Um, I had to call my job, my job hotline, because I, I worked Friday, I had to work Friday, because it was the next day, or Thursday, I'm sorry, I had to work Thursday, because Friday was a holiday, I won't get paid for the de- the holidays, mm-hmm. <clears throat> come to find out, if you have COVID, they kind of like, brush that off, but whatever, so when I told my boss, she's like, you gotta call the metro, you gotta call the hotline, <laughs> I, almost, I almost said something, um, so I called, and like, did you, and they, First of all, I'm on hold for 50 minutes. Second of all, <coughs> excuse me. Second of all, they asked about 50 questions. It's like a survey. 
And they go, did you test positive? I go, yeah, on a home test. And they go, did you take a PCR? I go, no, I took a home test. They're like, oh, you should really take the PCR. I go, well, I go, all right, yeah, all right, whatever. First of all, you couldn't even get, things were so crazy at the time. Like, by the time I got a PCR appointment, I'd probably be COVID-free. Second of all, if something says I'm positive, I'm kind of taking his word for it. Like, there's a lot of false negatives out there for home tests, but there's not a lot of false positives. So, um, yeah. I'm, uh, excuse me, I'm very talking tonight. I just want to promote, I'm drinking Metallica's whiskey, blackened. And it's, it's, it's very good. It's very smooth. The king enjoys it. Okay. Yeah, so that's why I'm, I need something for my throat. Like, to see, if, now, say you had this. You, you just sat there, you're like, I feel like shit. You go, you get this home test. Mm-hmm. Now, you call up your job. or Say you don't even call your job. You test positive and you don't call your job. I mean, you're working from home, so it's not like you got to show up to work. I mean, granted, you got to be at home doing work. Yeah. But if you never even told your job that you were sick, what would they done? I mean, nothing. I really didn't have to tell them. The only reason I ended up, told, I ended up telling them I was sick was on Wednesday when everything was falling on me and I had to stay like, supposed to get off at 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, my boss calls me to go over some checklist thing. And I'm like, listen, I'm really sick, and I feel like shit, and, like, I gotta... The second I get off here, I gotta run over to the next town and get home tests, because I gotta see what the hell's going on with me. That's the only... And I thought for, they'd have some sympathy, and he'd tell me, you know, like, oh, like, all right, don't worry about it. But no, she kept me on the phone for a half hour, but whatever. It's, everything's alright. Um, I could've gotten away with it, but... I felt like I should at least kind of be honest in case something happens where, like, they... I, I don't know. I don't know really why I... I, I, guess, I, I, I guess I didn't really have to. The, the main reason I told them because I, th- I thought maybe they, they'd kind of take it easy on me. <laughs> so. Ooh, this now, say you said this. You didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And you didn't want to say that you were having these COVID symptoms. Or say you legitimately didn't have these COVID symptoms. You had the shits. Like mm-hmm. you had just fucking explosive diarrhea. You couldn't keep anything. You had food poisoning, just say. Right. And you called up your job and said, hey, listen, I got, I can't come to work or I can't be in work tomorrow. I'm literally like throwing up out of my fucking mouth and my ass. I can't be in. Would they still sit there and make you go get a test? They didn't make me get a test. They didn't, okay. make, they, they didn't make me test. No, you have to call. If you're even if you got exposed, you have to call this hotline. I think it's just because they, so they could track the numbers, and just because just in case I had to call out sick. Um, especially around the holidays, because if I call out a day after a day before a holiday, I don't get paid for those days, which is a big hit. Yeah, uh, especially with the um, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, that's two days of pay I lose. Um. So I think it's just more protection in terms of that. See, that's I, what I don't I, like. I don't like this this like overreach that they're doing. They're 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 asking a little bit too much. Yeah, they, I mean, that's what bothers me. It's an invasion of privacy. <clears throat> the one thing I'm glad though is that they didn't call. Like no one called my house asking if like if, if I'm quarantining because um, that's to me is like an invasion of privacy. I know at the beginning of this pandemic they were kind of starting to do that. Yeah, they tried to do that with my daughter one time because she uh, she was on the she didn't get it. Mm-hmm. She was on the bus with someone who got it, 
Right. Yet she had to quarantine. Yet my daughter, who sat three rows behind her, did not. Hmm. And then they tra- then these fucking contact contract whatever contact tracers tried to call up, and I pretty much told them to fuck themselves and hung up on them every <laughs> single time. And they kept calling like probably for like three weeks straight, and it was just like fuck you, goodbye, click. Mm-hmm. I was not giving them fucking dick. Yeah, I don't like that. That's fuck like these that's like people. yeah, that's like Big Brother kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm I'm just like sick of it. <coughs> yeah, I know. But it, it I, seems like it's it's starting to. Me and you were talking yesterday, and, and we'll let a little bit more go on. Maybe we'll talk about it next week, or maybe in a few weeks. Just the what I'm going to say is it's winding down, and I'm just going to leave it out at that. And once we get a little bit more news coming out, we'll, we'll maybe expunge on this mm-hmm. a little bit more. But for right now, I that, I'm just I'm fucking done with it. I'm oh, done with too. these masks. I'm, I'm done with. Well, well, I've always been done with that, but I'm well, like you, done. You, done you've now. been done with the masks since April of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now nah, listen, man. I am too. It, it sucks, and um, I don't, we have like I said, we have a lot to get to. I don't want to keep talking about this, but um, I heard in the news, or I heard somewhere, I don't know if I read it, that Pfizer is gonna come out with a um a vaccine for the Omicron. And I remember going to my and I went to my wife last night, and I'm like. How much fucking shit am I gonna have to put into my body? Exactly. And she and she agreed with me. She's like, I, she goes, I agree. She goes, I, I mean, I'm putting all this crap. Like, are they gonna have a fucking shot for every goddamn variant out there? Like, how many shots am I gonna get a year now? And I can't keep thing, doing though, this. They're not. It, I argue. We 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 had this discussion on the uh, many moons ago when I when I was active on the uh, the group chat. Mm-hmm. But like, they're not testing for Omicron. They're testing for COVID. So you don't know if you have COVID. You don't know if you have Delta. You don't know if you have Omicron. You don't know if you have fuckface, dickhead, shit, fucking, whatever fucking variant they're coming out with. You don't know. You don't know. No, you're right. You're right. You don't. But I don't feel comfortable getting a shot every other month. Especially shots that make me feel like shit the next day. Where I have to call out of work. Someone said this. Say you, you had to get a smallpox vaccine. And then you have to get another smallpox vaccine. Then you have to get a smallpox booster. All within like a year. And then you still get fucking smallpox? What's the point of fucking doing it? Exactly. That's exactly. why I am like fucking totally against this. I and do... Uh, here's the thing though. I do wonder how I would have been if I didn't have the vaccine. That did cross my mind. Mm-hmm. And I could see... Why, if you have asthma or any other kind of lung issue, why you have to be hospitalized? I I really got that because I, again, like I said before, I kind of had a little trouble taking deep breaths. Um, and while my lungs aren't the best, <laughs> yeah, my lungs aren't exactly the best, but um, I don't have asthma, so I do. I did yes. wonder those. Like, what if, like, well, what if I didn't have this vaccine? Would I be worse? Would it be the same? Uh, would I be fine right now? Like, it, it's kind of, I don't know. My, my thoughts are all over the place. I don't want to say I, I mean, regret. let's put it this way. Yeah. No, no, continue. Continue. No, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to say I regret getting it because, again, like, I, I get it for my daughter. <clears throat> She's, I'm more concerned about her. I don't give a shit. I've been sick a thousand times before. I'll be sick a thousand times for the day I die. I don't want my kid getting sick. So I'll do anything I have to do to keep her safe. Me, I don't give a shit about. I don't give a shit if I get sick. But, 
I'm not going to keep sticking myself with needles six times a year over, well, it mutated again, and now it's uh, Omega, uh, yeah. Omicron Omega. Fucking, yeah, exactly. The Decepticon virus. I can't yeah. keep fucking doing it. It's too much fucking foreign shit going into my body, and I don't like that. If I want to put foreign shit into my body, it's going to be on my own doing through cigars yeah. or alcohol. Not something and this is my, my thing veins. too, and I get where you're coming from with you protecting <laughs> your daughter. And I, I don't know, I, I'm a little bit more. Well, you know how I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little bit more like rub dirt on it type of guy, I guess. Where if oh, my kids yet. got it, I'd be like, I'm like, great, they got it. They hopefully build an immune system to it and they move on. Yeah, I get you know, and but my kids are a little bit older oh, as and well, I am, so and like I they, am. they have a little bit more of a of an immune system already built up. And I am too, like. I don't like my kid getting sick, but I say it's a good thing she's getting sick because now she's building up those white blood cells that she needs to fight off these viruses. Like my, um, I, I don't know if I'm revealing too much. My niece doesn't go to daycare. My sister-in-law watches her all day, um, so she's not exposed to anything. And she actually ended up getting COVID. And we were kind of worried because like, she hasn't been really exposed to anything. My kid has been exposed to fucking everything under the sun through daycare for the last year and a half. So she kind of has a lot of immunity to shit. Um, And see, that's what was good with our kid, because the older one went to daycare, Mm -hmm. and, like, she got, I mean, like, I don't want to say she got, but she was exposed to everything. She may have gotten it. We just, we just, like, you know, we would take her to the doctor when she needed to, but, like, for the most part, she, they both really, other than my daughter with her original, I guess, deformity. You know, when she was born, she really does. Our, my kids don't get sick. Like mm-hmm. they just—they're like me. They're like, like you. They get, yeah. I, I like never get sick. Knock on wood. They—they kind of, I guess, maybe have my my built up immunity. Mm-hmm. But when like she got exposed to everything at this daycare, like foot and mouth disease, fucking like it oh, was God. like crazy shit, <laughs> shit like I never even heard of. I'm like. They, they would send home letters like, your child may have been exposed to, you know, this fucking fungal thing. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. But I look at it like, especially with them and me and my wife, who, who we would we were totally against this. We would, like, n- never in a million years think of doing this. But if they ever tried to sit there and say that these kids have to get a, um, a vaccine to go to school, we would homeschool our kids. Like, we would just take them out. Like, it, it, it wasn't even, like, a question. It was just like, yep, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Like, I got no problem with that. Yeah. And, like, I was never that way. My kids, I was always like, my kids will go to school. They're, you know, I don't want homeschooling. I don't like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, like, and I understand, you know, again, you are a first-time parent. You do have, you have concerns, things like that. But for the most part, kids aren't dying of this. And even right now with the adults, the CDC just put out a thing. Like I think they said, seventy percent of the people that died of this had four or more. I can't say the word. It just—it's one of those words that I can't. Mm-hmm. My tongue doesn't move. Comorbidities. I have to say it very slow. Comorbidities. Okay. Four. That means that you had like COPD, a heart disease, diabetes, and you were overweight. Like well, these, like obese. I'm sorry, but like, that's 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 been my argument since the beginning. Is that it's unhealthy people that are dying. Um, COVID. It's, I always compared it to the AIDS virus, which maybe isn't exactly a good way to compare it to, but that's the closest thing I could think of when it comes to a pandemic. AIDS doesn't kill you. 
AIDS no. brings up something that you ha- break AIDS like broke down your immunity and then you caught something and that killed you. Yeah, something Corona did the same. Like Corona, something that. Yeah, Corona did something the same. that. Our age wouldn't get. Like if my grandfather got pneumonia, it would kill him because right. he's old and susceptible. But someone our age getting pneumonia. Okay, we well, take a little bit of steroids, or we do a treatment, or whatever, and we get rid of it. It like I it mean, just, I mean, it could fuck you up, but again, like you have yeah. to kind of have something. You have else. to be a bag of shit. Not, not like not to sound that way, but like if you are have all these problems: diabetes, heart disease, COPD, fucking elevated liver levels, all this shit. Like that's no one did that to you. Like, granted, it could be genetics. I, let me rephrase that: it could be genetics. You may have, you know, my family has a huge thing of heart disease. So, I kind of looked at it like uh, this. Right. My, my father had a heart attack at 41. Like a big one. Like a heart attack stroke. He had, he, it, was, it fucked him up. It fucked him up for the rest of his life until he eventually died <laughs> of all that stuff again. But, I was getting... I'm, I just turned 40. I'm like, I gotta turn my shit around. Like, drinking way too much. Eating like an asshole. So, what did I do? I fucking... I kind of got my shit straight. And, I lost a lot of weight. I stopped drinking. And right now, if I was to go out and, and catch this and having the shortness of breath, like I run every day pretty much. If I knew I had shortness of breath, I wouldn't run to, you know, like kind of hurt myself with having this. I would treat myself to get ready. Again, they have no, there's no treatment. Once you get it, it's pretty much ride it out. Yeah, it's a I would ride it out, hopefully get back to normal and continue to, you know, run and exercise and do what I need to do to mm-hmm. stay healthy. But right. you have these people that are just like literally, you know, eating McDonald's and drinking fucking twenty-seven liters of soda a day and this and that, <laughs> and then are bitching at me for not wearing a mask. Well, I like, I'm sorry at this point, like especially with everything that's been going on, I'm to the point where you know what? Shame on you. Fuck you. I, I'm healthy. Knock on wood, I'm healthy. I'm and you made yourself a bag of shit. It's not my problem. Like I'm, I'm, to, I'm like, I'm just fed up with this. No, I get you. Uh, we, right, we sh- really should move on because uh, we just spent about a half hour. <laughs> um, Me just ranting. Yeah, well, that's all right. We we have a lot to catch up on. So, um, the last time we were on, we made mention how <laughs> <laughs> we had no debts, and there haven't been a lot of debts in a long time. And boy, oh boy, did they yeah, we, we, we... fucking hammer us. <clears throat> Some, we pissed someone off up there because he took a lot of people in the last three weeks and a lot of big names went. Yes. Um, so I guess I'll kind of... We'll talk about a couple of these people. Um, More of an immemorium in the beginning and then we'll, <coughs> we'll, uh, right. we'll so, get into some deeper conversation right, about so them. I'll, uh, Michael Lang, who is uh, one of the co-creators uh, of Woodstock, he has passed on. Do you want to read another one? Sure. Um, it, again, not shedding a tear for this asshole, but uh, Harry Reid. <laughs> he was a uh, he was a libtard fucking congressman or senator, one of them, and just an all around piece of shit. So I'm sorry, he's dead. Oh well. Um, we have Sidney Poitier, a uh, Academy Award winner. Yes, I think he was the first African American to win the Academy Award. If I yes, he was corrected. Yeah, he uh, he has passed on. Uh, before I before I actually before we move on, I always liked the South Park episode where he turned into a Gamera. So, yeah. Never seen it. That's okay. It's in season one. Anyone who's interested, but 
continue. Uh, this one hurt. This one. This one actually happened. <coughs> obviously, recording this a few days earlier, mm-hmm. but uh, this happened this morning. I, I read about it, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite songs from the '80s. And both of them who were singers in it are now gone. Yeah. Obviously, Eddie Money from a few years ago, but Ronnie Spector from the Ronettes died. Today. Yeah. The funny thing is, a, when, you, was... when you told me, I'm like, I thought she died already. And then when I looked it up, I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess she didn't. I guess I must, I was probably thinking of Eddie Money. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I would say, if you had to make a top ten list of songs of the 80s, that would definitely be on there. Uh, Take Me Home Tonight. Song. Yeah, good song. Very good song. And that, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be sad listening to it, because just thinking, like, they're both dead. And uh, it's it, yeah. it's very sad. So, but she lived a long life. She was uh, she's been around a long time. So, yes, famous forever. Yeah, I mean, since the the sixties. Yeah. And boy, what a fucking whack job she had for her husband. Oh my God, Phil Spector. Good God, Oof. he's dead, right? Yeah, I think he died recently. Yeah, he I mean, died like last year. I mean, the guy's—he was a genius in terms of producing music, but what a fucking nut! Good God! Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll throw out this one. This one. This one kind of. I remember her, but I don't remember her. And that was Matilda the Hun from WOW. The uh, women of wrestling. This was. W-O-W. This was a show no, me and my father. She, um, What's that? Was it WOW? Yeah, I think it was. Or no, it might have been Glow. Yeah, it was Glow. Yeah. It was Glow. <laughs> yeah, I don't really <laughs> recall her either. Like, she wasn't. I, I was too young for uh, Glow. I didn't really learn about Glow till the 90s, but um, I don't really See, recall. Me and my father her. always would watch it. Oh, no shit, really. <laughs> Every first Friday of the month, our school would have half days mm-hmm. and I would be able to make it home just in time to see that. And me and him would watch that. And then eventually it turned into that. And then Richard Bay. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> we would watch Bay. that. Oh my God. I remember being homesick from school. And in the summertime and we would watch me and my sister would watch Richard Bay. And mm-hmm. he was definitely Jerry Springer. What people thought Jerry Springer was Richard Bay no. really was. <laughs> yeah. Richard Bay had Bay. like transvestite hookers, midgets. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Puniverse and uh Yeah. It was, was I mean, it Thunder Thighs. It really I mean he really kind of paved the way for trash TV and he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Oh, that's the thing though. It was regional. It was like a jersey. It was What's it was, it? was, it was it channel WPIX nine. at the time? No, it was Channel Nine he was on. Oh W W O R. W O R? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so it was like a regional thing. Really? So like you lived in in Chicago, you had no clue about this guy. Oh, but, I thought that was. Oh, um, he was great. It was. It was. A, it was a fantastic show. But I mean, yeah. <coughs> I mean, it was. It was the pretty much one of the or, the original trash TVs. And then Springer tried to become that, and I mean, he exceeded in terms of popularity because he, I guess. He was more nationally. It was nationally televised. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know Richard Bay wasn't national. No, no, he was. He, that was a local thing. That was just for. That was just for us New Yorkers. Yeah. Oh man, don't you miss those channels? Yeah. 
I miss those. WWE, Channel 9 had the Mets games and uh, Channel 11 and the Yankee games all the time. Yep. And then, like, at, uh, what was it? Like, 1 o'clock in the morning, it would just shut off. Well, they would show, like, The Honeymooners or, like, Perfect Strangers. They should just show, like, comedy reruns from, like, 11 o'clock on. Yeah. After the 11 o'clock news, I think, or 10 o'clock, wherever it was. I, I remember they would show sitcoms. They would, they would also shut it off. Oh, really? I don't remember they, that. They would show that till like, maybe 1 or 2 in the morning, and then from, like, 2 to 6, it would just, there wouldn't be nothing. Probably infomercials, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, that was another one. And this, this one, people wouldn't maybe know him, but they've seen his work, and that's Peter Bogdanovich. Okay. I guess maybe the, I guess maybe the most famous part about him, other than being a director, you know, if you knew his movies, and if you've definitely seen them, but he uh, he dated uh, Jesus Christ, it just it just popped out of my head. It was um, I believe she was the 1980s Playmate of the Year, um, Dorothy Stratton. Thank you. Ah. I have to think about it there for a second. And he was the one who was actually she left her husband and started dating him and. When she was at her house, I guess the ex-husband came there, or she went to the ex-husband's house, one or the other, and he ended up murdering her there. Mm. Okay. But that was that was the connection for that's that's how I always remembered him from wow. the Dorothy Stratton thing. Hmm. So, but yeah, he, I always I always liked him as a as a director. He made good movies, but yeah, that's all I have for now. <laughs> now we're getting into I guess the big three. Mm. Well, big yeah, twelve. Yeah. One Big more, plus one. Uh, one more is uh, Dan Reeves. Um, yes. Coached the Broncos during their. Uh, I don't think they won a Super Bowl, but they went to at least. They go to one or two in the eighties. He wasn't there for the Orange Crush, was he? I don't remember, but he was definitely there when they went in eighty six against the Giants, and that's Dan yes. Reeves. Uh, he coached the Broncos until I think ninety one, ninety two. Then he coached the Giants. From ninety three to like ninety seven or maybe ninety six, um, had a couple good years with them, and then he coached the Falcons and he brought them to a Super Bowl. Um, he's one of the only few NFL coaches to have five hundred wins. To yeah. have at least five hundred wins, yeah, not too many have, and he's one of the few. So, and like a very un- unassuming guy, like he always wore glasses, like those big thick like, yeah he metal did. glasses. <laughs> He looked small, and I think he actually played line or linebacker. He was, oh no shit, really? He was he one was of those a small dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a, like he, he always. Or no, no, excuse me. He was a running back. Well, that explains it. He was like a small, scrawny guy. Yeah, he was a running back, and I think <coughs> he was running back for the Cowboys. And he actually had a uh, one of their one of their players went down, and he ended up starting and had like a real like well back then mm-hmm. like it was like a I think a seven eight hundred yard season, but they considered that good back then. Oh, back then, yeah, so, of course, yeah. Wow, well, he, I didn't know that. He, he, he had, like, one really good season and then kind of never really did anything else after that. So, yeah. but great coach. So, uh, all right, well, let's get to the three, like, heavy hitters, I guess you could say. We'll start with um, the not-so-surprising because of how old she was, but it definitely shocked a lot of a lot of females in the world, and that is Betty White. After yes. 99 years, she finally kicked the bucket. Um, three weeks three shy weeks. of being 100. Three weeks. I mean, that is really just a kick in the crotch, isn't it? Like, you're almost at the finish. Like, 100 is probably, turning 100 is probably the biggest milestone ever. 
no matter what you do in your life, you turn 100 years old, that to me is the, the, the tip top of the mountain. You know what though? With Betty White and her sense of humor, and she did have a, she had a, a, a sharp sense of humor for someone who was that old. You know, mm-hmm. grew up in a time where women shouldn't have been that way. Like her, Joan Rivers, they were they were pioneers when it came to comedy. Mm-hmm. It almost is funnier that she did die like this. Like it's kind of like her last, like, "Hey, I got you." I think you she know, would like, get a kick out of the fact that she. That she didn't make it to a hundred, because yeah. she's just she's a comedian, you know. Yeah, she would she would have laughed about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, she, uh, yeah, I mean, just a she was just a pioneer in terms of women in, in comedy. Um, she was on Mary Tyler Moore. Um, I'm sure my this our generation knew her from the Golden Girls. I don't know if you ever watched the Golden Girls. Oh yes, religiously. Um. I think it's without a doubt one of the best written shows of uh, our time, of our generation. Oh, absolutely! It's like and for an all-female cast. I mean, oh yeah, I'm, I mean, just witty, just sharp one-liners. And I, I was just watching an episode from the last season, and it, it was hilarious. Like I'm still laughing. This what thirty-something years later. Um, it was just a fantastic show, and just to know the fact that all four of those women are now gone—it's like the Eddie Money, Ronnie Spector thing. It's just—it's—it's kind of sad. Like it's just we're getting at that age now where all these people who we watched growing up—they're just—they're gone, and it's—it's uh, it's sad. Well, the thing about that show too was every like there was no weak character in it. No, all of them were hilarious. Well, there—it's one of the few shows where. All the leads won um, an Emmy. Yeah, they all won an Emmy, and uh, at what? At, no, I don't think the same year, but like different years. Um, it's one of the only few. I don't know what the other ones were, but that's saying something. Where you could pretty much pluck one character, and that could be the lead for the show. But you had four leads, and they were all strong. And that's <coughs> a show where I can't pick my favorite character. I, I, they're all. Good. I honestly can't. Yeah, they're all good. If anything, I would have to. Um, maybe uh, what's his name, Estelle Getty. Uh, yeah, if I had a gun to my head. Yeah, gun to my her, head it would probably be Estelle Getty. Her or Dorothy? Uh, what's her name? Uh, B. Arthur. B. Arthur. Only because B. Arthur, but, but I, you, I actually liked uh, what's his name better. She had such a dry wit, and her chemistry with uh, Estelle Getty was just phenomenal. They had such a good chemistry as like a mother and daughter. Like some of the some some of the funnier moments in that show just like involved those two for me. But wasn't Estelle Getty younger than B. Arthur? By like a year or two years, yeah. or something like that. It wasn't very much, but she was younger. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, such a great show. Yeah, I, I can was. remember watching that with my grandmother because I would always go to my grandmother's one night a week and that was on. And we would watch that and just – and the good thing about it was, granted, there were some sexual parts to it. But they made it where even as a little kid, you could laugh at it mm-hmm. because it wasn't like over – like it, it didn't – 
it wasn't so raw. It wasn't you know, in your face. It wasn't face. so blatant yeah. that it was it was sexual. It was just funny how they would like make her like even as a little kid, you knew that there was something going on with this woman. Why she was always you know dressed more scantily <laughs> for being an elderly woman, and all these men would be in a room, and you're just kind of like you didn't even know what sex was at the time, but it was just funny that you, you kind of like got it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, it just goes to the writing. It was just it was so well written. It was a very well written show. Yeah, very well written. Um, and the funny part, it was such a hit show, it was always on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. It was a Saturday night show, which is like a death sentence for shows, pretty much, because people are out Saturday nights. But for some reason, it just thrived on that night, and it, it lasted seven seasons. And the only reason it, le- it, it, it stopped airing was because B. Arthur left. Yes. And then they did a spinoff called The Golden Palace, which lasted one season, and I remember watching that with my family, and it just wasn't the same. Like no. the chemistry was gone. Uh, like once that, once that that piece of the puzzle left, like it just the whole thing crumbled. Those four played off each other so well that they were just one strong unit. And when you took one of them away, it just all fell apart. But uh, so yeah, so Betty White died New Year's Eve uh, at ninety nine. Um. A big shocker. Yes. This we lost week, America's grandmother and then America's dad. I mean, blown away. Uh, Bob Saget. Yes. Uh, he was found in his hotel room in uh, Miami. Was it Miami, Florida? Orlando. Orlando. I knew it was one of those two. Uh, he just had a set the night before. Post on Instagram. He had a great night. Went to bed. Didn't wake up. Yeah. And uh, there's... They they done an autopsy. There's no results, uh, no results yet. But there's they said there was no drugs at the scene, no evidence of foul play. He uh, could have just been a heart attack. I mean, he was 65, I believe. Mm-hmm. Just fairly young. Did not look it. No, not at all. Not it at all. Aged very well. <laughs> uh, it's funny. He was like an enigma of being like a comedian. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you look at him from what his work is <coughs> Full House, America's Funniest Home Videos, where he was this wholesome guy in a suit and a, you know, a, a vest and just, like, you would never think he was the way he was. And the complete opposite, almost. And he really kind of brought that out in his comedy mm-hmm. routines. Like, he yeah. would talk about, like, you know, fuck Danny Tanner and, you know, he's an asshole. Or, you know, Danny Tanner, you know... Fucked, uh, what's his name? John Stamos and this. Yeah. Like it was. Oh, yeah. He was. He was a dirty comic. Yeah. I mean, just a complete dirty comic. Yeah. It's it's funny that like you know you just mentioned America's Funniest Home Videos. Like there was a point where I watched that guy twice a week, more than any other person out there. I watched him on half hour for America's Funniest Home Videos, and then for Full House, I would watch him on like Tuesdays. I think it was. Yeah. So he was just always He was there. the Ryan Seacrest before Ryan Seacrest. I mean, kind of, I mean, he hosted YouTube on TV. <laughs> yeah. That was our was, YouTube. Yeah. So it, it just, like, in the show, he, he was funny on uh, Full House. He was funny, but he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was, a, you, you, didn't, you wouldn't know he was a comedian. Like, mm-hmm. Dave Coulier played a comedic character, right. like where he was, 
you could see him being a comic. Danny Tanner, you would think that he was a regular actor. He was a straight man. You wouldn't think that. Yeah, you would think man. he would be a fucking comedian. But, yeah, just completely the opposite. Funny I mean, comedian, And that so. just shows, you know, his, his movie career I don't think was as successful. But it showed that he was really a good actor. I mean, he was an excellent actor. Yeah, very good actor. To pull off to pull off being this straight father, you know, straight guy father that was the complete opposite of how he was in his comedic life, his real life, if you will, is just amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and then finally, uh, you might not know him for his coaching, but you might know him for his announcing and for the game that's been. Named after him for uh, almost 30 years now. And that is John Madden. And uh, he uh, passed away a couple days before New Year's Eve. And I, I know you weren't a big Madden fan. Oh, no. Um, I, uh, I, was, I always appreciated him at the fact that he... <sighs> Listen, the guy coached Raiders for a Super Bowl. He's got to know something. You wouldn't really know it from his commentary because it was just such obvious bullshit. But there is some genius in there. Like, listen, it, it's it, as you can see from the recent firings of all the football coaches out there. Coaching a football team is not easy. I mean, you especially could fail. with an owner like Al Davis. Yeah. Well. Anyway, uh, it's not just easy. Just win, baby. What do you say? Just win, baby. Yeah. Um. But- uh, but I always thought, once you get past the fact that, okay, maybe he's kind of annoying, like he kissed Brett Favre's ass for 20 years, and he just stated the obvious every single fucking play, he was a good color guy. He wasn't a play-by-play guy. So if you viewed him as a color guy, like a color color commentator or a color or whatever it is, like him and pa- I always liked him and Pat Summerall together. I thought he brought down Pat Summerall. You think so? Yes. See, I always thought they kind of bounced well together. I liked him with Al Michaels also, but I always liked him with Pat Summerall a little bit better. I liked Pat Summerall. I always thought I he too. was a, a, a good announcer for a game. And, like, there were times where I could see, like, I wish I could see the booth. And when Pat would make this obviously, you know, logical, smart comment, or something insightful, and then you had John Madden going, "Yeah, you know, you're you're not going to win the game unless you score some points." Like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. Like, I, I could see like Pat just putting his hand on his head, just going like, "This guy's a fucking moron." Yeah, and, like that's what just it, it always annoyed me. I, I everything with Madden that 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 the whole Thanksgiving thing, like he oh, ruined Thanksgiving. That's why I think I hate Thanksgiving. Her <laughs> Duncan. Yeah, when I had to watch him with the fucking muted, fucking mute, mutated fucking turkeys, and him like, it just, oh, it just annoyed me. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, when he brought the turducken, I thought, wow, that looks so fucking good. <laughs> I wish I could try it. <laughs> it's hard to make. Apparently, you got to shove one into the other and shove both of them into the other thing. And yeah, big pain in the ass. Um, so yeah, okay, yeah, he, he, he his commentary was annoying. Um, but his name is going to pretty much live on forever. Yes. Due to his, uh, his video game. Um, I, and I want to say they started in 93, um, with the Maddens. And then, I mean, here we are to this day. It, it's still 
called Madden. It's not called NFL. It's called Madden. It's the only football game licensed by the NFL that's out there. There's no other one, and it's called Madden. Uh-huh. And it always probably will be called Madden. And, you know, for the last, I want to say, 20... Madden used to be on the cover for the first several of them, and then they started putting players, and that kind of brought on the, the Madden curse. Um, if they don't put Madden on the cover for the, this next one, then that whole fran- that that whole that game sucks. Because uh, this is the guy that I mean, he didn't create it. He pretty much just licensed his name out to, for this thing. I don't think he really had a hand in it, really. Um, but they got to put Madden on the cover for the next for next year's for 2023. Yeah, that and they got. This is what I, this is what's going to annoy me too, because you say this. He's the only one who's licensed D on it. They're going to make some fucking award that's like, you know, they're going to change the Coach of the Year award to the John Matt. And, he, like, he was a he was a decent coach. He wasn't great. No, he, you're, he wasn't you're the absolutely best right. coach ever. You're absolutely right. If he, never became, just, they, if he never became a commentator. I think the NFL, I really think he sold his soul. And they made, the NFL, the NFL is funny with things like this. When they fall in love with someone, they ride that fucking, like, a government mule. And they're going to ride this fucking thing. <clears> and they're going to make him this this demigod of coaching when he he really wasn't that great. Like, well, he was good, but he wasn't a great coach. Well, that's like Lombardi. Lombardi, I mean, yeah, he won the first two Super Bowls, but he what else did he really do? I mean, two Super Bowls is pretty much nothing these days. Exactly. Honestly, look, I mean, if I, I mean, I hate the fucking guy. But if you're gonna name anything after anybody, it should be Belichick. The guy's won more fucking Super Bowl as a coach than anybody. And exactly. and I don't, and I hate that guy. And yeah, you can't deny the fact that this fucking guy won six goddamn Super Bowls, or was it five? It, yeah. it was something like that. But like Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're gonna make him. You know, and even in that time, he was a good coach. But Tom Landry was better. <clears throat> uh, Chuck Noll was better. Um, uh, what the hell is his name? The one guy from uh, the Chargers who had the, um, I can't think of his name, Marty Schottenheimer was a better coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have all of these coaches that were, Dan Reeves. Dan Reeves went to more Super Bowls. Uh, Marv Levy went to four straight. You know how impossible that is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even sure. Belichick couldn't do that. No. Granted, he lost them all, but he still took four straight seats. Like I mean, the most dominant <laughs> team during that time, right there. And they're going to make John Madden out to be this fucking demigod. And it just, it that's what just annoys me. That's what I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of football, an old buddy of yours had a uh, had a meltdown. Of course, in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Antonio Brown walked off the field and uh, left the Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> high and dry. Literally, <laughs> I heard about it when I was at work, and I'm like, what happened? And all of a sudden, I watched the video, and like, he, like, we've talked about him in the past, and I honestly still think he got hit, he was, when he got drafted by the Steelers, they said he was like the model fucking player, the model teammate, like, he kept his mouth shut, showed up to practice early, left late, like, he was like the perfect student, and when Vontez Perfect hit him, and I think he literally scrambled. We talked about this in probably a hundred episodes ago. It scrambled his brains, and ever since then, he has been just completely out of his mind. And he's going to be like, I would. 
would love to see if, if he donates his brain to, you know, um, a medical college or whatever afterwards, I would love to see what the effects of fucking concussions are on him. Cause he, his brain has got to be just complete mush. Yeah. I agree. He, he, the guy's a loose cannon. I mean, the guy's it, a loose cannon and he's just a, uh, just a mental case. Yeah. And the worst part is he twofold. One, he was on a team that would that is that could possibly go to the Super Bowl again. He mm-hmm. could get another Super Bowl ring, be a, a, a piece of the puzzle that that gets him there. That's one. How stupid was he to do that? You were mm-hmm. in the last game of the season, just ride it out for what three more games, and you could have won a Super Bowl. That's one. And two, I guarantee he's going to end up on like one of these like Fox Sports or CBS Sports. Like they're gonna they're gonna put him on the pregame or they're gonna do something with him because it seems like every fuck up that's in the NFL ends up on these shows. Randy Moss, Michael Vick, all these assholes end up on these shows where like the good guys where you're like, well, why isn't this guy? You know, he was a decent guy. He was you know always charitable. This that and the other never gets brought up in football again. Or he's doing like a fucking game and. and Seattle, where no one watches. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I just, I could see this happening already. Yeah. But oh, what yeah, a way definitely. to tarnish your career. I mean, and again, what are you going to do? Like, he's obviously got stats to get into the Hall of Fame. There, He's never done anything that is technically illegal. I wonder what the, and again, the writers and the the people that vote on this, they're going to sit there and just say, oh, you know, he was a troubled guy and this and that. And granted, his stats should get him into the Hall of Fame, but they're going to still sit there and they're going to make him like a pity case, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to get into the Hall of Fame and he's going to have, and he's going to have this like legacy tarnished because of it. He was a, a, probably a first ballot Hall of Famer, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah For the numbers definitely. that he put up in his career, mm-hmm. uh, like until he fell off and he fell off hard. Yeah, oh, yeah. He had fucking amazing numbers. Yeah, he did. He did. It's just too bad. I mean, and I think we, we went over it like two years ago when it seemed like every week he was getting in trouble for something. Yeah, like, the helmet. Seemed, the, yeah, it was just a lot everything. of shit. And it, 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 right up till this year, mm-hmm. he faked the COVID uh, uh, vaccine card and then running off the field. Like, for someone who was so good as a rookie and a young player put up amazing stats to end your career like that. Like what a fucking loser. Yeah. Like, and I love the guy in Pittsburgh. I love him. <coughs> I thought he was amazing. Tarnished your reputation. And yeah. it just, it's, it's sad. And I get it. Like, you know, it, it probably is his fucking brain. His brain's probably like a fucking pudding. Yeah. But I mean, ha- have a little bit of fucking situational awareness of what you're doing and how your career is going to go. And I mean, he was making decent money. I think he was. Ma- Someone said he was making like eight million this year. To throw that away, mm-hmm. like it's just insane. If he played two more years, he would have probably gotten another twenty million dollars between that and endorsement deals. And now he just shit it away. Yeah. Yep. Just it's silly, 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 <laughs> silly, silly, silly. Um. So a couple weeks ago, we, I think I think it was a couple weeks ago, we talked about the transgender swimmer. The male who identifies as female and who's annihilating the competition. So uh, last week, I think it was last week, he uh, they did a one-on-one swim meet with another transgender swimmer, a female who now identifies as a male who's from Yale, 
And she beat him by, like, a second. And I guess it's sort of... Now they're saying, like, this squashes anything because a female technically beat him. But isn't this girl taking testosterone? Exactly. I mean, if you look at a picture, she looks like a dude. <laughs> so, and I got it right. Uh, the swimmer from Yale, <coughs> Isaac Hennig. No relation to Kurt. Uh, looks like a average teenage boy, if you can kind of see. I don't know if you can see. Well, can you see? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Looks like a dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, beat him by like a second, I think it said. And then. And I know we talked about this on that, that episode where we were saying that, yes, even though it's a male getting estrogen and becoming a female still has the male components but again this can be said about the opposite because is it fair that me as a genetic male granted i have all these things but now someone else who is taking essentially testosterone mm-hmm. if you will steroids whether you want to call them that or not i mean granted it probably isn't technically steroids but it's still and an enhancing, I don't want to say an enhancing drug or a performance enhancing drug, but it is giving you an advantage. That, that's, it just, why can't just males swim against males, females get swim against that. And you yeah. know what, if this, if this girl to a guy now is beating men, I have no problem with that because in the big scheme of things, she has a disadvantage just because of body size granted she is taking a booster if you will but it's still not making up for just the the large size of a male right so i, I don't know i just you know, <coughs> lisa leslie playing against a bunch of midgets obviously she's gonna win even though she's a female right she just has the, the physical things of beating them but if they were all the same size and she was taking testosterone maybe she could battle in the boards a little bit better i don't know yeah i just uh, i just think it's great that this guy you know oh i'm um, uh, you know he was he was bucking the system and trying to cheat his way to win and now he got beat so mm-hmm. i'm happy for that yeah um and then on jeopardy a uh, transgender woman a man what was it it was a man that transitioned into a woman okay uh, is got the highest and, score in Jeopardy history for females. Yeah. <laughs> to me, there shouldn't be... When it comes to brain power and knowledge of Jeopardy, like I said, knowing stuff on Jeopardy is not... It, to me, there it shouldn't be a male-female. It should just be your best ever because you won't. Who cares if you're a male or female on that? But the fact that they have to sit there and, and put it into this category is annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she's just the smartest, or she's not even the smartest, because she's not the all-time winner. There should be, like, an all-time winner list. What does it matter if you're male or female? Yeah. You know? That's what I don't get. Like, and but they have to, like, it seems like <coughs> these shows and these, and these media companies and TV networks, they all have to make it about gender and race and religion and this that and the other just of course you want a lot congratulations mm-hmm. on being smart you're way smarter than i'll ever be you'll mm-hmm. more shit that you forgot is more than i'll ever know 
Mm-hmm. Congratulations. And I never liked, I, I like Jeopardy because it is something that like, <laughs> when you do know something, you feel good about yourself being, you know, an average idiot like me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, I don't like Jeopardy because I think it's, it's probably one of the worst game shows out there. If you want to call it a game show, because this is actually something that people can like, you have to be intelligent to be on this. Yeah. And the fact that they win like dick money, where if you just like guess a fucking suitcase, you could win more money in one episode than these people could win on like a 20 game run, 20 show run Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Yeah. That's what I don't like about Jeopardy. I think that, you know what you, to have that kind of knowledge, you should be getting a lot more than like 30 grand an episode. Mm Mm-hmm. When you could fucking guess a ball rolling down a Plinko fucking board and win more money. I just, uh, that's why I hate game shows. Yeah. Other than Price is Right. Because that's that's just like. Fun? Tchotchke shit. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's like bargains. It's the way a game show should be. Yeah. Um, So we talked about New Year's Eve before. Uh, I didn't watch it because I was sick as a fucking dog. Did you happen to watch. uh, the Andy Cohen, uh, Anderson Cooper show? No, because I was, uh, binge watching something we'll talk about in a few seconds. Oh, yeah, so, uh, yes. and it was funny, and we turned it on for a little bit, and I turned to my wife, I go, these two queens get wasted every year and just talk shit. And I remember we turned it off because, um, the New Year's Rock and Eve, I mean, I usually hate that stupid shit, but they had a lot of people from, like, the past on. Um, yeah, they had, like, Jaw Rule and shit. So it actually wasn't that bad. Uh, and then I kind of was too sick to give a shit. But I guess Andy Cohen got blasted and then went off about what a piece of shit Mary de Blasio is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he uh, he, sp- he spoke for everybody, man. He's He is right. It's... it's it's one of the few things that liberals and conservatives agree on. He's just a dick, and thank God he's out of office. See, I'm on the fence about this. Oh, now you're on the fence about it? On this. I think it's, he, he definitely, as you said, spoke for everyone out there who thought de Blasio was, I, I don't know anyone that thinks de Blasio did a good job. No. I don't think. I don't even think he knows. I think he knows he didn't do a and good job. The fact that he had two terms as mayor is just beyond crazy. And how he just poisoned the city. Like, literally turned it from, and I know you're not a big fan of him, but Giuliani, even the Bloomberg, to him, just, what a fucking, I mean, just a downward turn for that city. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's to the point where I, I don't, I mean, we used to go to the city regularly. I used to go to the city all the time, not not just from working down there, but just <coughs> going down there to like just hang out and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even care to go there anymore. I like I, to me, it's it's turned back in the fierce city of the, like the late seventies, early eighties. It's just a a dump of a place, and this guy ruined it. And Andy pretty much said the truth. He did not say anything that that no one else didn't believe. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to get at is. I think a lot of the times with these, granted, you do have die, die in the wool like liberals, like Mark Ruffalo. I honestly think that he is a really just a obnoxiously douchey liberal. I think some of them are not. I think that they play the part because it's 
what's profitable. It's what's hip. It's what's the in thing to do. And I don't know. I, I, I could with Andy Cohen and his lifestyle, I could see him being a liberal, but not completely. I think when it comes to money and things like that, police protection and stuff like that, they say it because it's the hip thing to say, but I don't think they believe it. And this kind of this kind of pulled the curtain back on that a little. Because mm-hmm. if you actually watched him during his, you know, we watch his uh, show, and he says things that are, you know, like this guy's great, and this, and now you're saying this about one of your own. It just seems a little weird. It seems a little wonky. Yeah. So I don't know. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't watch his, I, his stuff, but um, I don't mind him. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I always, I always like, even though I don't really watch it, I always like watching the clips of their New Year's Eve show because, again, they get just bombed, and they, and he goes off the rails pretty much while Anderson Cooper tries to calm him down. Um, but uh. I like the fact that he, uh, I think it was one of those things that everyone wanted to say, but is the too afraid to say it. And I think he kind of just like, well, well, fuck it. I'm drunk. Fuck this. Like who gives a shit? He's out of office as of midnight tonight. Uh, who gives a shit anymore? What's he going to do to me? Yeah. Technically Andy Cohen's yeah. a lot more powerful than Mayor de Blasio. <laughs> uh-huh. So <clears throat> nothing he could have done. Now, you said you didn't watch any New Year's Eve show. What were you watching? We uh, we binged right through Cobra Kai. God damn! You do this the every entire year. fucking season in like six hours. Jesus just Christ! Barreled right through it. Man, I don't know how you do it. I get like the first day I watched the first three episodes, and then I kind of watched one like either every day or every other day. It took me like a week to get through the whole season. Oh, so you know, like, and that's the problem. And I, I like Netflix, how they do these shows. I don't like that they do it this way. And I hate Disney, but I'll give it to Disney. They, like with Boba Fett right now, it's one a week. Yeah. So you're not just binging through it. <coughs> the way I see but, it is the yeah. faster you watch it, the, fa- the longer you have to wait yeah. for the next season. If there's a next season. Like they, and this um, one definitely has a few more seasons in it. Well, I um, think uh, they have plans up till season six, and then, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, I think that's when they should cut it off because some of the kids are like they're about to go into their senior year of high school. What are they gonna do? They're gonna be in college and still at the fucking dojo. Yeah. Um. See, that's the problem with having kids in, in shows. Like, it's very yeah. hard to keep them. It is. It is because they get older, and uh, yeah, like for instance, uh, the son, the Larusso son, I thought it was a different actor. Meanwhile, the kid just hit puberty, and he and he hit it bad. <laughs> so it's the same kid from the other three seasons. Yeah, but I thought it was a different actor. He just really kind of thinned out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now. Before I'm going to tell you my gripe with Cobra Kai, and, and this might be spo- I'm not going to really hit spoilers. Maybe I will. If you haven't watched yet, and you don't want to know anything. Maybe tune out. My gripe with Cobra Kai is I feel like there's always switching of sides. 
Uh-huh. Everybody has to be part of like one guy's in Cobra Kai, then he's Eagle Fang, then he's then he's uh, Miyagi Doja, whatever it is, and then vice versa. And then this one's this one doesn't want to be part of this one anymore. And he turns bad, and then he's good again. And if you watch the end, and again, spoiler alert, now it seems like Kreese is going to go against Cobra Kai in the next coming season. Yeah. To kind of to kind of like destroy this monster that he helped create. It's just too much flip-flopping, and it can get just... It's not even confusing. It's just like, oh, come on. Like, it's it's just like you just want there to be, like, sides and, like, set sides, and that's it. I can't imagine teenagers change their fucking mind that much. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know? <laughs> I, that's, that's my big thing with it. It's just the, the flip-flopping and, like, hold it true. Like, mm-hmm. to me, even with them coming together, I, I wish that they didn't. Yeah. And then they, you know, they came together and then they went <laughs> apart. I, I, even, like, it just, you're, you're exactly right. It's too much flip-flopping. And they leave a lot of, like, uh, details left unanswered. Right. You know, like, it, they, could, they could definitely expunge on more things and they just don't. They just kind of, like, leave it and... Uh, I like the show. It's very entertaining, but the, like for story continuity wise, I just I get a little annoyed at it. Yeah, I do. I do too. And I and I love. I do. I do love the show. Like it, it, I do look forward to when it comes on. So I'm not gonna stop watching it or anything. But it. I feel like it's just becoming the same shit over and over again. Like. Johnny and Daniel agree to work together, then they fight, and they split up, and they agree to work together again, and then they get into another fight. This has been going on since season one, and it just, after a while, it's like, all right, man, like, we get the, they don't like each other, but, like, it's like, pick pick one or the other here, like, how many times are we going to see these guys fight? I don't, I don't want to see them fight anymore. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And, well, I, I thought it was refreshing, and it really does, it, it, you, you do um, bury stints in it and say that, you know what, if you look back at it and being older now, to me, Johnny was a bully, if you will, but I do think he was the victim in it, and they made him to be the bad guy in the movie. They should have, how they redid it in that first season where they made him almost like the good guy, and Daniel was the bad guy, if they kept that going, at least for a few <laughs> seasons, that would have been at least good. And I think that's what happened. I think when people started watching it, they they started out that way, and then they saw that the reception for Johnny was so positive and so bad for that. And I can see Ralph Macchio being like, you know, I don't like this. That I'm the I'm being portrayed as the bad guy, and made them change it. And that's where you get this flip floppy shit. Well, is, I I always thought I always felt like Cobra Kai sort of came together because of Barney Stinson. From How I Met Your Mother, because for you know that whole show, he was like Johnny was the the good guy and Daniel was the bad guy, and I think what the show is trying to do is they're trying to make you see that like okay yeah Johnny was kind of led astray, but he isn't a bad guy. He was looking for a father figure. He picked the wrong guy to kind of like model himself after, and Daniel's not perfect either. Daniel's like yeah he was a poor kid who became rich, but he's kind of a cocky asshole. Wait, it's his way or no way, and, and that's it. It's cut and dry. And I think 
this, that's what the show is trying to do. Is like, okay, they they they're both decent guys, but they're flawed. They're very flawed. Yes. And they're both looking for father figures, and you know, one guy Johnny picked a bad guy to model himself after, and Daniel picked a really good guy to model himself after. But they don't really. It, it, it's Daniel's not perfect. And that's the thing, though. Johnny has stayed consistent throughout the entire thing. He's never, you know, he he still lives in that '80s mode. The music, the car, the lifestyle. He still lives in that way where Daniel for, kind of forgot where he came from, and that's what it makes me makes me not like him even more now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he he's arrogant about it, and it's like, you know what? Why you should be a little bit more compassionate towards Johnny because you were that kid. You know, you were the poor kid that didn't have anything, and you know you had that you have to have your mom fucking push the car for you to like double clutch it down to get it started. Yeah, and <laughs> it, I just ugh, I, I I just really don't like I don't like him. I don't like the daughter. Oh I, no, really? Oh, I like her. Yeah, she's alright. No, I can't stand her. She's a spoiled brat, but I like her better than the other one. I can't her. No, no, I like the other one better. Tori, I hate her. See, I, I can't stand... Uh, I think she's tough shit, but she'd get rocked. But yeah, I just, I, I don't like... Uh, everything about her, I don't like. She she kind of dumped that one girl she was friends with, and, you know, it was... Uh, everything about her. Yeah. Well, she, she, she has... She is definitely her father's daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... I, I mean, again, like, they're just all flawed individuals, and it's... The, the show really showcases that, whether they mean to or not. It's a good show, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop watching. I I really do enjoy it, but it's uh, it's not a perfect show. And I, if, if I had to fix one thing, is stop with this one turning bad or this one turning good. And I mean, you know, what's his name, uh, Hawk? He started good, then he turned bad. And I always kind of liked that character progression. Like this is a kid who was like a really nice kid. But he was bullied to the point where he just became a fucking asshole. But then what happens? Then he has a change of heart in a, in a fight. And all of a sudden, now he's a good guy. And it's like a redemption story. And I almost would kind of prefer it if he, like, kind of developed into, like, this kick-ass karate guy. And just became, like, the big bad guy of the show. And, like, uh, Miguel and Robbie kind of had to, like... They were part of the same dojo, and they had to try and beat him, you know? But instead, now he's kind of lost in the shuffle. Even though he kind of did, spoiler, he won at the end, I feel like he's not really a big-time player. It's pretty much Miguel and Robbie still. It's their story. Yeah, but even Miguel, like, he pitched out at the end. But he's a bitch. Yeah. This show's about a lot of daddy issues. in it are, are like. <laughs> No, there's a lot of daddy issues on this fucking show. There's so many. Every fucking character has a daddy issue. Yeah. They all do. Miguel, Daniel, Johnny, uh, Tori. I guess you could say Sam kind of does. There's no strong father figure in any of these people's lives. (laughs) Except for Mr. Miyagi, who's dead. Yeah, I just, all of them. And that's where Miyagi had the best influence, and he turned the guy that he was helping, who was an asshole to begin with, kind of made him good, but then he fell right back into being an asshole. Yeah, like you kind of thought, like, all right, maybe he just kind of 
he grew up. When you really learned. think about it, Miyagi was a failure. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but good show. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of sad it's done. It's even renewed for season five, so I'm sure that'll come out in December because it usually kind of hits like December, January. So we have a little while to, to wait. Um. Uh, so uh, before we go, did, have you um have you finished season two of Sixty Days In yet? No, I've not. We have, we have not watched. You that. hit a wall. God damn! I'm on. I just started season three. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I have slowed down considerably because there's been so much shit to watch. That's exactly it. Yeah, uh, they just came out with the Peacemaker show today. I mean, you were talking about Suicide Squad earlier in chat. Um, so I'm watching that now. So it's it's a lot of shit's kind of been put in front of it so i've slowed down it took me like the first season i finished in a week the second season took me like almost a month to finish so i'm kind of like i'm slowing down a little bit well that's the thing like the first season you we we really we watched it with our kids because it wasn't that bad yeah it was very real life like things that they could almost relate to mm-hmm. but then season two kind of seems to have gotten off the uh, rails when it comes to the sexuality of it <coughs> yeah well they, foc- they focus on the girls a lot that's yeah, why. and we were like, you know what? This that we may have to, we may have to watch this when they're not around. Yeah, and I get it. I get it. Unfortunately, my wife and her her new uh, job schedule. She goes to bed like super early, like right. pretty much the kids go to bed, then she goes to bed, and then I'm up out here having cigars. <coughs> so, um, yeah, that kind of it, it's put a definitely a damper on trying to bang through it. I hear you. All right. Well, uh, follow us on Twitter, Bullring PC, Instagram, Bullring PC, Facebook under Joe Tom. Uh, you can find us on Podbean, Podcoin, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Music. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and uh, rate and review us so other people can watch us. Tom, anything to add before we leave this week? Just because of Betty White, I think everyone should either. Uh donate or adopt a pet because she was a very big uh, animal lover mm-hmm. and I, I think that would be a good memory for her I know that they tried to start like a hashtag movement thing with that but I, I think that would be a good a good gesture to her she, she would smile down at that I agree I agree uh, alright well until next time I am Joe I am Tom and we'll see you next time right here on Bulls of the Day.